Tidy ho! This is Tapeheads, and we'll be your friend till the end. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sean, and I'm Lindsay. This is the podcast where we select a VHS tape from either my collection or Lindsay's collection. We watch it, and then we talk about it. Uh, this episode, I got to pick a tape from my own personal horror vault. <laughs> and I chose 1988's Child's Play, starring the killer doll Chucky. You were really excited about this one. I was very excited about this movie. Obviously, I'm a big horror buff. Ever since I was a little kid, I would watch the Universal Studios monsters like Dracula and Frankenstein. And as I got a little bit older, um, I got more interested in these slashers. Your Freddies, your Michaels, your Chuckies. Mm. There's something something key to you saying when you got a little bit older. I I think you need to uh, make a correction. Yes, yes. Um, Way back on the Commando episode, our second episode of this podcast, I said that my parents had a pretty laissez-faire attitude about what I was allowed to watch, and I could pretty much watch anything. My dad pointed out (laughs) that this was not true, and he recalled whenever we would go to a video rental store when I was a kid, I would always swoop right to the horror section, (laughs) and one of the videotapes I would always look at was not Child's Play, but Child's Play 2. And this had a cover that I swear was just aimed at grabbing the attention of a six-year-old boy. Because it's Chucky with a huge pair of scissors about to cut a jack-in-the-box's head off. (laughs) Like the the little clown part, and the clown looks really scared. It's a great image. It's a great cover. It's a great movie poster. And somehow I convinced my parents to rent it. I guess they fully didn't understand what it was. They probably didn't see the rating on the back or understand that it was a slasher movie. Again, the cover looks like it's a, a children's movie, and it's even called Child's Play 2. And I think after about five minutes of Child's Play 2, which is considerably more violent than than the film we'll be reviewing today, they turned it off. And for a long time, there is an embargo on slasher movies. But as I got a little bit older, I was able to watch Child's Play, Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3... (laughs) I could go on. But um, this is your first time seeing Chucky in action. I assume you've heard of him before. Oh yeah, I've heard of Chucky. I actually, for years, thought that the movie that had the doll Chucky in it was called Chucky. I didn't know the actual title of the movie. Yeah, you know, I went through a similar thing with Rambo. Um, I didn't realize that the first Rambo movie was called First Blood. Oh. I mean, talk about a confusing naming system for that series, because it goes... First Blood, Rambo First Blood Part 2, <laughs> Rambo 3, and then they're just like, screw it with the fourth one. We'll just call the fourth one Rambo. Which, so, I'm trying to remember, Rambo First Blood Part 2 is in Vietnam, or is that the third one? That's the, that's the second one, yeah. That is the second one. That's, that's where he has the, the exploding arrow or yeah. something he's shooting. <laughs> I don't even remember. I just remembered so many explosions. It's funny we talk about this, because I really want to bring Rambo First Blood Part 2 on the show, because if I recall correctly, he goes back to Vietnam and wins the Vietnam War <laughs> single-handedly. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Did This is a tidbit about my family. My grandmother's favorite movie was always Rambo First Blood. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was the, not the, her oh, the, fa- the original think, First Blood. The the original First Blood. That's I the best one. I, should, I don't know if it was her favorite, but it was one of her favorite movies. The eighties were a really interesting time for American movies, and a very interesting time for horror movies because this was the big slasher boom. I mean, mm-hmm. we had we sort of kicked things off in the late seventies. Uh, arguably, Halloween was kind of the 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 big one that started it all. John Carpenter's Halloween, mm-hmm. but. It could even go all the way back to Psycho or maybe even uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But it's funny because Child's Play is late 80s. So we're already in, you know, the the fifth, sixth, seventh films of the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street they series. They moved that fast? They, I mean, I know for a fact that Child's Play in 1988, it coincided with, I believe, Nightmare on Elm Street 5 and Friday the 13th part... Seven, The New Blood. So, uh, yeah, so they were really, I mean, those series were already petering out. And that's why I feel like Chucky is kind of lumped in with kind of your second tier slashers, like, you know, your pinheads so or it's the your Ant leprechauns. Man, it's the Ant-Man to the superhero fad of movies. I think that's the way these movies are perceived, but I hold that these this is a pretty solid series. I mean, okay. there's... There are some lesser entries in it, but it doesn't... I don't think it reaches the depths of awfulness that a series like Halloween reaches in, Mm -hmm. like, Six and Resurrection and some of the really bad Halloween movies. Can you tell us what this movie's actually about, Sean? Yes. um, Before I do, I should probably mention that there were no ads. There were no ads. That's what you get for not choosing a children's movie. (sighs) Yeah, does it count that there is, uh, they are really excited that advertising go to MGM.com? They had it. I didn't even notice that. It doesn't count, but they, there was this big CGI graphic of visit us on the web at MGM.com. Wait, what edition is this VHS? It's the MGM UA Movie Time Collection, which I think is a little uh, bit like the... 1997. This is a 97 VHS. Yeah. Wow, in 1997 they already had their website set up and everything. Pretty impressive, MGM. As rumor has it, as Hollywood rumor has it, MGM was bought out by this guy who just wanted nothing to do with this this horrible Chucky movie that just came out. <laughs> so he sold off the sequel rights to Universal, who then went on to make truckloads of money with the sequel. So I feel like that guy did not keep his job at MGM very Whoops. long, because this is a very uh, lucrative series. And the fact that so many people know about Chucky the Evil Doll, even if they haven't seen one of these movies, I think just speaks volumes to how iconic this character is. So, basically, this movie follows little Andy and his mom. It's Andy's birthday, and all he wants is one of these popular good guy dolls. They're kind of like the Tickle Me Elmo. It's like the hot toy. Or maybe it's the Turbo Man of Andy's world. (laughs) Oh, yes. Chucky to Andy is Turbo Man to Jamie. This is the toy to get. And it's very expensive, prohibitively expensive. And she's a single mom who doesn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger to help her track one of these toys down. Exactly. So she finds a good guy doll 
from this weird street vendor, kind of this hobo, and she gives it to her son, and then terrible things immediately start happening, because this isn't just any good guy doll. This is possessed with the soul of notorious serial killer, the Lakeshore Strangler, Charles Lee Ray, played to the hilt by Brad Dorif, who's a character actor that's been in a, a million things. We see a chase scene at the very beginning of the movie that shows our villain being chased down by the handsome Chris Sarandon. Oh yes, Chris Sarandon, who also starred in Tom Holland's other big horror movie of the 80s, Fright Night. We see Charles Lee Ray using a voodoo curse. <laughs> During this toy store shootout to... Bringing down a horrible storm on the toy store. Oh, yeah. He uses uh, broken French to put his soul into the body of the very doll that ends up in little Andy's Chicago apartment. Andy's mom's good friend who's babysitting Andy is thrown out of a window. Mm -hmm. Uh... Andy's committed to a mental institution after the police don't believe that he has a crazy doll that wants to kill people. That's one of the darker aspects of this movie is that you really are following this child who's going through hell. I mean, his best friend is this doll who's really a serial killer and is setting him up for his crimes. The police believe that Andy is the one doing the killing. Well, and then having your mother telling you frantically to stop lying stop lying yeah it's this movie really goes there it becomes clear though eventually that it is charles lee ray when he starts getting revenge both his accomplice who left him behind and tries to kill chris sarandon in a scene that infuriated you when we were watching it <laughs> oh god that scene drove me insane he's in a car chucky is stabbing at him and trying to strangle him but he doesn't stop the car. He just panics and speeds up. He might have been going for the brake when he speeds up, but he had a very long time to find the brake instead of the gas, and he did not. He also, after flipping his car and still being trapped with Chucky and getting stabbed, he doesn't get out of the car. It's a frustrating scene, and I think that there's a lot of frustration with Chucky as a villain. I mean, it's kind of like the leprechaun. He's this tiny little thing. You could just throw him. You know, but people keep getting, like, their Achilles tendon slashed by him, and <laughs> they keep falling for all his his pranks. They make him seem so fast-moving, like when he killed the babysitter slash the mom's friend. Mm -hmm. um, he just kind of jumps off a, ki a kitchen counter and hits her with a hammer, right? Yeah. And, you know, unlike the sequels, we don't actually see Chucky speak until 45 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And interestingly, in, in an earlier version of the script, there's supposed to be some suspense as to whether Andy was really the one doing the killing, and mm -hmm. Chucky really was just a figment of his imagination. And you can kind of feel that still existing, except that we had that opening scene telling us that Chucky is really Chucky. Yeah. Once Chucky starts talking, he never shuts up after that. Oh my He's God. a He's more a slasher along the lines of a Freddy Krueger who makes with the quips <laughs> and the chit-chat. I like that the turning point in the whole thing is when he makes a mistake of attacking the cop, though. Because that's when suddenly there's a law enforcement officer that's like, oh shit, this kid isn't insane. Yeah, yeah. One of the great scenes of this movie is when the mom, who at this point in the movie is completely into the belief that her son is crazy 
is putting away the big Chucky box and the batteries fall out. And she realizes that <laughs> this talking Chucky doll, you know, it has these like pre-recorded phrases like, Heidi ho, and I like blinks. to be hugged. He blinks. He's kind of yeah. like a Furby in that way. He's been doing all this without batteries. And when she opens the little battery pouch, and it's just empty. That's just a chilling shot to me. And she threatens to throw him into the fire, and, and just the most horrible voice comes out of him. Just Brad Dorif's greasy Chicago gangster voice. One trope of 80s horror movies is I feel like there's a lot of bad acting, but I feel like this one kind of dodges the bullet on this. Like, I feel like Catherine Hicks, who plays the mom, is very strong. I think Chris Sarandon is believable as the cop, mm -hmm. even if he does a lot of dumb stuff. And I feel like uh, Alex Vincent as a little boy is a pretty good child actor, especially compared to the things we've seen on this podcast. The Olsen twins. Well, I was going to say Jake Lloyd and Jingle All the Way, too. Oh, geez, yeah. He was so bad, he just screamed all his lines. But this kid, this kid actually managed some subtlety. He was really nice. Like, uh, I mean, he was definitely very young. You can only expect so much. But he, he brought a really disturbing vulnerability to the role that kind of made it more horrific to me when I was watching it because I felt so anxious about him and his safety. The performance of the kid really makes or breaks this because we have to believe that he's undergoing serious trauma. And Child's Play 2, which I actually think is, is in, even an improvement over this movie, they bring back Alex Vincent and I feel like he's even stronger because he's had a couple years to grow up and improve as an actor. But I think who really steals the show, though, is Brad Dourif as not only as the killer Charles Lee Ray in the opening scene, but just as the voice of Chucky. Like, what a bold decision to make that the voice coming out of this doll. <laughs> it's really creepy. Can we talk about his name, too, Charles Lee Ray? Sure. Charles Lee Ray is named for three different killers. Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Earl Ray. Yeah, so clearly they're trying to make Charles Lee Ray the most evil person imaginable. He's Pretty much. Yeah, he's nicknamed the Lakeshore Strangler. And he just seems like the worst person in the world. You also go to, the, at one point they go to his house and it's filthy, awful rat's nest filled with voodoo paintings that it looks like he did himself. He painted himself naked, bowing down to a voodoo priest. <laughs> we meet the voodoo priest when he kills him. Yeah, with a voodoo doll. I mean, that's another thing about this movie is it's really heavy on the supernatural and the, the magic. Which kind of surprised me. Somehow I wasn't expecting that. Although, I mean, why is there a living doll murdering people? This is the only one of this franchise that actually has this much voodoo in it. I mean, it's mostly just used as a device in the sequels to put his soul into whoever. But this actually, yeah, he, he's using voodoo dolls. He, he seems to have a lot of just supernatural powers at his command. And we should say that his main goal, he isn't just going around killing people, he actually wants to put his soul into Andy's body. At first he didn't realize this. He oh, goes yeah. to his voodoo priest man and, and asks why he's becoming human, because he's actually getting injured. He's not just a doll, he's bleeding mm -hmm. when he fights with the officer and stuff. And so the voodoo priest tells him, well, that's just going to keep happening. Well, he's becoming human Yeah. the longer he stays in the doll. And that's a recurring thing throughout the, the mm -hmm. movies. And so uh, then that's when 
he realizes he needs to go and find Andy because he can only transfer himself to the first person that he revealed his identity to. Yeah, which gets a little shaky in the later movies, but that's definitely the (laughs) mythology of this first one. Oh, poor Andy. He seems pissed at first that he has to go transfer his, his own what is it, soul, his essence into a child, but then he probably realizes then he has a longer life expectancy. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like, I can't believe it, I'm gonna be a little boy again, which is really creepy coming from this doll. It's also probably kind of weird, because he's probably thinking, how am I gonna get the ladies? Yeah, he absolutely is thinking that. Imagine little Andy going into strip clubs. Yeah. I can't think of anything more horrifying than that soul being in that sweet little kid's <laughs> body. <laughs> Actually, it would have been interesting, but that's, that never really comes to fruition yeah. in the sequels. Can you talk about how sweet this little kid is? On his own birthday, he makes his mom breakfast. It's a terrible breakfast. It's a terrible breakfast. When we, but when he's movie, trying. When, when they cut to that scene where he's making breakfast, I actually felt angry <laughs> because he was making such a mess. He was pouring cereal everywhere. He threw sugar on the cereal. He burned the toast and topped it with a huge glob of butter and he's spilling all over the hardwood floors but he's bringing it to his mother but as soon as you see him put it on a tray and totter it all over to her my heart melted he's a really sweet kid he wins you over really quick which makes the movie more fun to watch because you actually care yeah i think this is a really well done slasher movie i mean especially considering that particularly the friday the 13th movies didn't have a whole lot of plot to them it was basically summer camp kids jason's back kill 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 sex 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 kill 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 but i feel like this has a really interesting mythology and the characters are really likable it has a lot going on too because there's even this suggested romantic element or connection between the mom and the cop, too. Which is interesting. I think they explore that just enough. Yeah. I I actually like, too, when she's trying to figure out how to get her son the doll that he wants but she can't afford. There's kind of an exchange between her, her friend, and her boss that is reminiscent of just any kind of um, family movie. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of touches in this that make it seem like a family movie. I mean, I remember when I was a little boy... Kids on the playground would talk about Chucky. I don't you know. That. I mean, I think it's more a thing with boys. <laughs> probably. But, but like that was the scariest thing you could think of. I mean, this is probably even before Toy Story, or maybe right around the time of Toy Story. But like, that's a fantasy for little kids that your toys come alive. But what if they're bad? <laughs> what if they're evil? <laughs> and I think that that's why. Speaking just for myself, I think that's why I was drawn to these movies so strongly at such a young age, because. It kind of is a slasher movie from a little kid's POV about that toy that you want so badly, but it just turns out wrong, and it's (laughs) killing everyone you know. And there's just something really primal about that. that, uh, Isn't this a little Night of the Living Dummy by R.L. Stein? Oh, yeah. I I think Night of the Living Dummy is a direct ripoff of this. Although this isn't the first movie to deal with this. I mean, there are some great Twilight Zone episodes Mm -hmm. about this same thing. There was was a movie in the 70s called Magic with Anthony Hopkins, which is actually a really great spin on sort of what if it's in the person's head. You know, what if this is not really this ventriloquist dummy? What if it's not really alive? That sort Mm -hmm. of thing. If you'll indulge me, Lindsay, I'd like to talk a little bit about the sequels. 
Okay. What would you like to share? Okay. Well, I sort of tip my hand a little bit. I think that Child's Play 2, it does some kind of shitty things in explaining away kind of how we get from 1 to 2. Because to be clear, Tom Holland, the director of this one, really didn't want there to be any sequels. That's why... They kill Chucky so hard at the end of this movie. <laughs> they light him on fire. They shoot his limbs off. They shoot him aww. in the heart. Like, he is dead. Did you say aww for Chucky? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm looking at his little angry face with his ni- with the knife in his hand right now he, on the cover of our VHS, and he, he doesn't seem so bad. You know, for a sadistic little bastard, he is kind of likable. I think that's <laughs> a lot. I think a lot of that is Brad Dorif. But, um... I actually think that Child's Play 2 might be the best one in the series. I think that it... You said it's a lot more violent. It is more violent, but I feel like it has the benefit of being the first sequel to a movie with a lot of setup. Uh-huh. Whereas this movie, you know, we had 45 minutes of kind of suspense, which is great on the first watch, but the second movie, just right off the bat, they, they quickly reintroduce Chucky and they bring him back. And he's just killing people? He's, yeah, he's just going nuts. (laughs) And the finale of Child's Play 2 is unforgettable because uh, they clearly had a bigger budget and it's set in a toy factory. So just imagine like thousands of Chuckies and trying to figure out which one is the Chucky. It's a brilliant (laughs) sequence. It actually reminds me of like a Pixar movie because it just... The imagination is just soaring, and it's it's just a pretty amazing sequence. And you got Alex Vincent back, and it's just a fun sequel. Child's Play 3 came out, and that one's not so good. In that one, uh, we skip ahead eight years, and Andy is now a teenager in military school. He's played by a different actor. I was going to say, is it the same actor? No, it's an older actor, and... The movie really suffers from that. I think that a military school setting is kind of depressing. Uh, Moving on. Bride of Chucky, which is kind of from the Scream era, was the fourth one. So it's a little more tongue-in-cheek, a little more comedic. It's got Jennifer Tilly in it. That's one of my favorites also, I would say. It's a little more humorous. Am I imagining this, or is there an R.L. Stein? There is a Bride of the Living Dummy by R.L. Stein. <laughs> <laughs> he is shameless in his ripping off of slasher oh movies. Oh my god, R.L. Stein, get your own ideas. That was unfortunately followed up with Seed of Chucky, which is about yeah. a son of uh, Chucky. So at that point, there were three killer dolls. Wait, three killer? Oh, because of the bride. Oh, yeah, yeah. Important detail. Bride of Chucky introduces a new doll, Tiffany. I didn't realize. I thought it was just Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly gets a doll of her own, Tiffany. And it's a pretty cool character. That's one that I've warmed to over the years. I remember I have fond memories of, like, coming home from school and me and my sister would watch our VHS copy of Bride of Chucky. (laughs) Like, that was how we bonded. And actually, my sister and I went to see Seed of Chucky in theaters. That was the first uh, time we got to see a Chucky movie in theaters together. What year did that come out? Uh, Seed of Chucky? Yeah. That was 2005. or No, 2004. Oh, okay. That one went overboard with the humor. There's, like, Britney Spears jokes. And oh, it's just kind of... Yeah. goes a little overboard. And for a long time, there were no more Chucky movies. It seemed like that was kind of the last nail in the coffin. But 
There is a pretty good direct-to-video Chucky movie called Curse of Chucky that is worth checking out. I think it's on Netflix now. Let me let me guess part of the movie. Does he curse someone? Actually, no. That's Wait, good. what? I what? Oh, I guess he is the curse. He, he himself he is, is the, the curse. He is the embodiment of the curse. Yeah, uh, that was actually an effort by uh, Don Mancini the kind of the creator of Chucky that one of the co-writers of this original film I think he was really trying to make Chucky scary again and it kind of works actually it's it's worth checking out but this is just to demonstrate that there's a robust canon here I was actually thinking of the Land Before Time series when you were talking (laughs) because it was like what kind of what comparable movie series was I into as a kid where there were just a ton and they all changed and were varying with quality and introducing different characters? I mean, this might be one of my my attractions to horror movies, especially long-running horror series. Is I really just love to talk about, to compare and contrast like what different directors do with the same material. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's never stops being interesting to me. All right, Sean, we've talked about it, but uh, what are your final thoughts on Child's Play? Buy it, rent it, or tape over it? Um, To be honest, I'm going to go rent it. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Chucky's a fun character. I think that he is iconic and deserves to be considered uh, a top-tier slasher, if you will. I just don't feel like the first movie is his best vehicle. I think that they kind of got a better feel for the character as the movies went on, even if the stories were, were kind of lame in some of the sequels. Um, but who knows? Maybe if I saw Child's Play 2 and Bride of Chucky again, those would also be rent-its. But I don't know. I think that there's there's better stuff out there, but this is a, a fun watch. And it was fun to, to re-watch after many years of not seeing it. I'm a little surprised, but you, you're also saying it's possibly a rent-it for Child's Play 2. That's not a buy-it for you? You really? know, I, I, I really think that this wouldn't make my top... 20 horror films of all time let's just say that i really enjoyed it it was fun watching but i think that the it does have some issues like i think that Mm -hmm. the pacing of it some of the uh, they're still kind of figuring out this character chucky where would you rank i know what you did last summer (laughs) uh that would not make my top hundred it wouldn't make your top hundred i've seen a lot of horror movies okay okay for me, I think this is also a rent it actually, because I I had fun watching it. I enjoyed it. It's an interesting it's an interesting movie. It had me tied up in it emotionally. It made me angry at many different <laughs> points, including at the end when they were fighting Chucky, and then just assumed multiple times, "Oh, he's dead now." Never assume. Never think that that one stab or that one shot is enough. Oh yeah, one of that's a classic horror movie trope. I think it's an action movie trope too. Oh yeah. The our hero will defeat the villain, and the villain will ma- uh, magically come back alive and kill the hero's woman, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know about you, but if if I found myself toe to toe with Chucky, I would stab him in the heart, put him in the oven. <laughs> I would make sure that he was dead. I don't know if that's enough. Doesn't seem like it's enough because there's Child's Play too. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, uh, I guess this is kind of minor spoilers for Child's Play 2, but one thing that makes me think that it may not fare too well on a rewatch is one of the things that I love about the first movie is at the end, the cops have had this big, but the main cop, Chris Sarandon, and his partner have had this big turn where they finally believe that this is a killer doll. They've just witnessed it with their own eyes. And Child's Play 2 just writes this off with dialogue where they're like, yeah, the cops did the smart thing. They said that the mom was crazy. And that's how they write off those characters. And I feel like those characters deserved better after going through, you know, such an ordeal in this film. Wait, is Chris Sarandon um, or his partner, are they in the second movie? No. Oh, okay. And neither is Catherine Hicks. I mean, how are they going to explain to the rest of their department that they fought with a magical voodoo doll? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Really, what can they say? Yeah, I'm sure that they they originally said the real story and then they were coached into it, you know. Mm -hmm. We saw Making a Murderer. We know how these things work. Oh, Oh, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. But yeah, so sounds like double rent it. Um, Maybe someday we can check out Child's Play 2. Maybe we can. I won't force it on you too soon. It's all right. I'll give you a Chucky breather. Uh-huh. But someday I'll probably bring it on. We're the not going to turn turn this into tape heads, the Child's Play podcast. <laughs> Just every episode I do this year is another <laughs> installment of Child's Play. <laughs> No, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna show you the military school one now, and then we'll stop. Well, I might as well do the fourth. <laughs> we might as well go to, uh, go to the direct video. This will be yeah. our, you know, contrast with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen and double trouble, <laughs> double trouble, toil and thingy. I can't say it. Double trouble, toil and <laughs> double trouble, toil and thingy. That's what it should be called. What is it called? <laughs> double double toil and trouble. Thank you. Side note: Curse of Chucky is right up there with Tremors 2 as a solid direct-to-video horror sequel. Okay, okay. So next episode, we're switching back over to your collection. What do you have in store for us, Lindsay? The Tom Hanks classic, Big. So I have a horrible confession to make (laughs) with this iconic Tom Hanks film that has been played nonstop on TV. Everyone has seen it. Mm Mm-hmm. I've never seen Big. You also had not seen Sleepless in Seattle or You've Got Mail before you met me. Well, that's been corrected now. You had not seen Child's Play or Child's Play 2. I still haven't seen Child's Play. (laughs) (laughs) No, I realize that those are not apples to apples comparisons. No, it's just funny because you just haven't seen any of Tom Hanks' movies except for, which was that one, um... The Italian one where he's chasing after that cult group. Oh. <laughs> the Illuminati. Oh, Angels and Demons? You've seen that, right? Yeah, I've read the book, too. But you haven't seen his classic 90s movies. Yeah. I've seen Splash. I grew up with Splash. Oh, okay, that's good. I shouldn't say 90s, actually. Big as 1988. It was released the same year as Child's Play. Yeah. And me. And Die Hard. Wait, when did Sleepless in Seattle come out? Better look it up. 1993. Yep, some some prime Tom Hanks for next week. Oh yeah. I'd like to thank Will Price for use of his song Mandatory Groove. I was just on a shoot with Will Price the other day. Oh, how's he, Will doing? He's doing pretty good. You can check out more of Will's music at soundcloud.com slash gargantulon. 
If you want to find out more about Tapeheads, you can go to our website, tapeheadspodcast.com. If you have any questions, you can email us at tapeheadspodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love it if you wrote us a review or gave us a a rating on iTunes. Absolutely. So signing off for Tapeheads, I'm Sean. And I'm Lindsay. Until next time.